Welcome to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. When people are injured due to negligence or while on the job, they need all the help they can get. Doctors Armin Feldman and Mike Bummer help ensure they get it. Join them as they discuss the newest medical subspecialty of medical legal consulting. Learn how attorneys can gain a competitive advantage in PI, workers' comp, and medical malpractice cases. Armin and Mike can help you better understand the medical issues in your cases, leading to larger settlement amounts and the best possible medical care for clients. They can help save you time and increase case value, all without breaking the bank. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode of Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. I'm Dr. Armin Feldman, and I'm here, of course, along with my friend and uh, colleague, Dr. Mike Bummer. And today, Mike, we're going to do something a little different than our usual format. And uh, of course, uh, as you know, one of the most requested services that we have is to provide comprehensive medical summary reports with our medical opinions that attorneys use as part of their settlement demand letters. And I know you've got one. It's a really interesting case. It's a woman that was in an auto crash, right? And she had um, some neck problems that turned out to be a lot more complicated than it originally looked. That's right, Armin. And I w- want to say hello to everyone. We're happy to be back after a, a, a small hiatus from recording. And this case, you know, kind of demonstrates that our, our our new attorney clients don't realize that physicians can give these opinions to be included in the settlement demand and really serve yeah. to increase and boost the value that we know, especially after talking to these clients, that we know is very is extremely legitimate relating to the the suffering they've gone through and the future care that they're going to need. So this case, I think, highlights that perfectly, and I think it is a using your your wording is a bread and butter car crash injury case that the the mm-hmm. attorney that asked me to write this report was getting a lot of pushback from the insurance company because the the injuries initially seemed like they were soft tissue injuries right right so this woman uh, was 58 years old she was a res- properly restrained driver and she was rear-ended. Uh, she did not have any significant head trauma or loss of consciousness, and she actually was able to drive her car to her place of work. She was in between school buildings. She was uh, worked for a school uh, district and was between different buildings and was hit by a tractor trailer while in traffic, in, stopped in traffic. So she right. initially felt some pain and was uncomfortable. She showed up at her, her new building of work that day and her supervisor told her immediately you look like something's wrong you need to go to the er you're clearly uncomfortable and upset so she goes to the urgent care and they they worked her up they actually did not do any imaging because i guess the the injuries initially seemed pretty mild to their estimation and they -hmm. gave her muscle relaxers and told her to take over-the-counter pain medication okay 
So, um, maybe, you know, Mike, I was thinking maybe what the, since we're not on TV, maybe what uh, you could do is as you go through this report is give the headings that you put in the report. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, this in everything I've mentioned so far would come under brief history of events in this report. And this is a 10-page report since we're doing this deep dive today, which, by the way, I think is a great idea. So she was given this pain medication, told to kind of just go relax, take a few days off from work. And a couple weeks later, she wasn't much better. She went to see the orthopedic specialist in her area who said she had neck and shoulder pain and thoracic back pain. They showed that her range of motion was limited in all directions and x-rays were essentially normal. So they, they again told her more of the same. She then continued to have pain in her neck and down into her shoulder. And another month later, they got an MRI, which showed a full thickness tear in her left mm. shoulder, a supraspinatus tendon, which a lot of people colloquially say, you know, rotator cuff tear. Right. So this is still all under that brief history of events. She then uh, had a rotator cuff surgery performed by an orthopod who uh, decompressed the shoulder joint and, and kind of thought that they had resolved this. She continued to have neck pain and scapular pain through her back. Uh, six months, eight months later, she got some trigger point injections, acupuncture, physical therapy, medical massage, prescriptions, anti-inflammatories. I'm sure all of our listeners know these terms and these treatments because it's what everyone has to try as they're trying to get better. Right. A lot of conservative treatment, which of course is the right way to start. Absolutely. And so then finally, she had a cervical digital motion x-ray, which for those of you not familiar, is a x-ray that they do live time where they move the neck and the uh, parts of the upper spine and they can show ligamental weakness or damage or uh, laxity. And this did show some of those ligaments, uh, for instance, at C4 through C5 and C5 to C6 that were uh, that showed some damage. Yeah, this is a great test because um, it's a test that shows something, how the anatomy is working in real time. Yeah. I actually had not seen one. They I've, I've interpreted them, but when I saw that this case, they sent me the actual video of the, of the mm -hmm. test being done. It was pretty cool. It was really neat. Yeah. Really great tool. So the next part I'm going to talk to you about falls under the heading in this report of ongoing medical problems. This is where we make our opinions, and I make my, made my opinion to a reasonable degree of medical certainty, that as a direct consequence of that crash, that she has several ongoing medical problems. And I start... Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. So, so I just wanted to mention that you know, in, we would call it ongoing medical problems, but really what we're doing here is we are outlining and defining the medical damages in the case. Exactly. So no, I put number one, neck pain, and mm -hmm. I walk through and build the narrative. So as part of this, we call the client and do an interview, usually about 30 to 60 minutes. And she noted that she's having, quote, heavy bricks on her neck 24-7. She said that she used to be able to walk half a mile. Uh, or I'm sorry, she used to be able to walk miles around a local lake. Now she can maybe walk half a mile and she's in pain. 
And she's sharing these accounts of how this is impacting her daily life, despite all the therapy she's been through. She lives with her adult son and even noted that, quote, without him, I couldn't take care of myself or my home because he cleans shops and does the laundry for her. So, right. So, and, and it emphasizes the fact that we're not just looking at the medical records and seeing what the treating doctor has to say, but um, we'll talk to the client, formulate our own opinions. And so we can put in our report, the client stated, the client reported. So it's really up to the minute. And the next heading that I, I included on this report was the mechanism of injury. I showed how the cervical spine with a graph of the neck and the, the spine and the way the head moves during a whiplash injury and that S-shaped curvature. I included a few journal articles about the mechanism of injury of a spine during a rear motor vehicle collision. And mm -hmm. then I talked about causation. I have a, a heading called causation where I link specifically using the Freeman criteria, which is a set of three kind of uh, analytical criteria to assume and create a, causat a causative link between the event and the actual outcome, which is her ongoing medical issues here, in, th in this case, neck pain. Right. So, and I just want to emphasize that what we'll do in these reports and what makes them different from um, the treating doctor's notes is that unless it's you know, not indicated, but almost always what we're going to do is we're going to talk about mechanism of injury. We're going to talk about causation. We're going to talk about functional losses that the client has. And then of course, we're gonna back this up with evidence from the medical literature. Which then allowed me to make my opinion within a reasonable degree of medical certainty that due to this crash, she was going to continue to suffer neck pain and a limitation of her activities of daily living. And given that the status of her neck pain and it's non-responsive, I made the opinion that it's now been over two years and so that it is likely that her neck pain is permanent right. and will worsen over time. And then I include a new heading below this of verbatim notes, where as you mentioned, we are not the treating doctors, but we interpret and analyze and include all of the treating doctors in these reports. And mm -hmm. there's actually an entire page and a half of these notes that we're not going to bore our, our, our lovely podcast listeners with at this time. And the next heading I jump into is shoulder pain. So I, I kind of shift to from that neck pain to shoulder pain. And I discuss the, you know, the MRI, the full thickness tear, quickly recount that, and then bring in that she had an independent medical exam performed by an orthopedic surgeon that showed significant decreased range of motion. I, and I included that graph from that doctor in this mm -hmm. report, which showed significant decreased range of motion. You know, one thing that's kind of interesting is that um, the IME doc thought that this client had reached MMI, maximum medical improvement. I'm not so sure that was the case. I mean, I think that there were some treatments that could have been done uh, to see uh, if the, more of this uh, woman's symptoms could be relieved. But maybe we'll come back. I had the same thought, but mm -hmm. it, it's hard for us to go to that level of an opinion in these reports. And I felt like it still made the case for her you know, her mm -hmm. damages and future medical care that, 
you know, that she had reached, uh, you know, a, a, a poor outcome, really. Yeah. So then the next heading, I included post-traumatic headaches as a third ongoing problem because she now gets headaches that, quote, are completely different from previous headaches. Uh, it's hap- you know, it, she's getting one to two debilitating headaches a month now, whereas before she used to just take Excedrin, you know, kind of a woman that would keep it in her purse and, you know, have an occasional uh, tension headache. So, and then I included more research about whiplash and these types of head and neck injuries and cervicogenic headache and really supporting my opinion that these headaches are post-traumatic and a direct result of this whiplash injury. Right. So I think it brings up the point that headaches can be caused by different things, right? I mean, there can be a blow to the head and a concussion and resulting headaches. But in this case, it looks like the headaches were actually coming from her neck injuries. Exactly. Yep. And that's the term there that I said, cervicogenic headaches, which is in the Mm -hmm. literature and well understood as a sequelae of head or neck injury. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So next The interesting uh, part that a lot of our attorneys love here is the future medical care and costs section of the report. And Mm -hmm. so I make my opinion within a reasonable degree of medical certainty that based upon the above injuries, here are costs with a life expectancy of 27.2 years at age 58, calculated using the social security resource table. And I run through a page and a half uh, organized in paragraph form about specifically the type of therapy that she should consider in the future and may require. And specifically in this woman's case, I recommended ongoing pain management treatments for her neck and shoulder. She's going to need follow-up with an orthopedic surgeon and platelet-rich plasma injections to consider because there's been ongoing support for relief from neck with neck pain, with, uh, with PRP injections. And I know, Armin, you have some personal experience with PRP. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll say a word about that in a moment. But I just think it's important to also emphasize that, in the, first of all, we know that we're not certified life care plans, mm-hmm. but we are writing our opinions with regard to future medical care and costs to a reasonable degree of medical probability or medical certainty, d- depending on what state you're in. Uh, and so what we'll do is we'll always do a narrative and then we will put it in easy to read chart form where uh, our opinions with regards to the actual treatments are on the left side and uh, our opinion with regards to the cost of those treatments are on the right side. Uh, and what we found over the years, as you know, Mike, is that even very, very, very good attorneys, they tend to underestimate future medical care and costs. And uh, obviously, uh, they're, you know, they're not physicians, right? But, uh, and so it's not unusual for us to get feedback from our attorney clients that they're settling their cases for significantly uh, better value for more money uh, because they've included this kind of report in the settlement demand letter. And uh, it also, I think I may have mentioned this in a past podcast, but it also brings up the point that we may be the only physicians that have that 30,000 foot view of the entire case. Uh, and we're getting to see the entire elephant in the room and, and not just the trunk or a leg or something like that. That's exactly right. We find that the 
uh, treating doctors are often less, much less interested in giving such uh, kind of direct opinions that we're able to dive into. Right. Uh, and of course, as a, and it's understandable, but as a treating doctor, by and large, treating doctors aren't that interested in, for example, causation. I mean, in their uh, hospital notes, in their office notes, in their op notes, in their ER notes, causation isn't an issue. The issue is what are the injuries and how can we treat them? And so we'll always include that uh, issue of traumatic causation because we know how important that is to the case. But you asked about um, platelet-rich plasma treatments. And yeah, I actually had personal experience with it when I had some neck problems three years ago, had PRP injections, and uh, it's been nothing short of a miracle. I mean, I've been just fine since, no pain, better range of motion, and so forth. And uh, some of our um, attorney listeners may not be familiar with this because the go-to treatment for umpty umpty years has been steroid injections. And these platelet-rich uh, plasma injections um, contain, first of all, what happens is the uh, facility, the doctor will uh, take a certain amount of the person's own blood. And then they manipulate that blood, take out the platelets, um, freeze some of the platelets and break the cell walls called lysate. And what they get and what those platelets contain are healing growth components that come from your own blood and that increase the body's natural ability to repair and actually to regenerate itself. And the use of PRP to repair, oh, joint, tendon, ligament, uh, muscle injuries is becoming really quite well known now. And a lot of that is thanks to the exposure from professional athletes who were mm. some of the first uh, patients who received these PRP uh, injections. And the treatments are effective because they have a stimulating effect on the person's own stem cells uh, within the targeted areas and uh, making these stem cells, they just work harder to heal the damaged tissues. So uh, it's really in, in many uh, communities and in many physicians thinking becoming one of the first treatments of choice for conservative treatment because it just works so well. In fact, I was listening to a pro football game or watching pro football game on TV the other day, and the, the announcers mentioned that the, the player had recently had injections. That's all they said was injections. But it was obvious that it was PRP, and uh, this guy got back on the field really quickly. That's fascinating, Armin. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And your own experience with it, too. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this if as continuing through the the recommended, you know, future medical care, I also brought up that it was in this case uh, likely that a surgical procedure was going to be more likely to alleviate her symptoms. Uh, and that procedure in in her case was an anterior cervical discectomy and fusion, mm -hmm. commonly known as an ACDF. And I included an entire really bulky paragraph of literature on this that showed 83% at four-year follow-up, 83% of patients in this study of uh, 
that was really well done showed that the got excellent results, statistically significant improvements in their disability index, and were, were very satisfied when they had an ACDF for this type of axial neck pain. And then a second study that uh, kind of supported that and, and showed that severe pain was reserved, resolved and the, a lot of people resumed uh, significant function. So that is obviously has, comes at a price and an expense. Uh, I, I discussed the headaches that they should be followed by a neurologist who specializes in the treatment of headaches, specifically cervicogenic headaches. And again, the PRP and other uh, manipulative or anesthetic uh, treatment options should be considered. And I outline these and then I give my reasonable opinion that, I'm sorry, my opinion within a reasonable degree of medical certainty that her shoulder pain and limited range of motion are likely permanent given what we had talked about. And then I have this handy dandy chart uh, mm -hmm. very much. It, it's the last page of the report and it's the estimated costs and future medical expenses. And I run down, you have, you know, PRP injections, $15,000. You have an orthopedic surgeon, uh, for her neck, uh, roughly estimated at $45,000 pain management clinic, chiropractor treatment, primary care physician, gym membership for recovery, x-rays and future scans, which includes the MRI I mentioned, medications down to considering anti-inflammatories and headache medication. And this all boiled down to, in graph form, $148,000 and $148,900. And this was included in the settlement demand for this client uh, to... Uh, to get the care that she deserves after this right. traumatic crash. Yeah. So what's really so interesting is she gets in this accident. It looks like it's a soft tissue injury, but as time goes on, it becomes evident that this is a pretty serious uh, structural problem in her neck, uh, causing a lot of symptoms, not the least of which was all this pain she was in. Uh, and that uh, this client really needed these treatments uh, to have an optimal uh, re, uh, regain of her, of her health. Absolutely. Pretty yeah. cut and dry. Whenever, whenever we put these together in this, you know, 10 pages, it's, it's from A to B to C all the way, connecting all the dots. And we, uh, you know, back it up with support our opinions with literature. And this was, I just, I just thought this case would be perfect to do our deep dive today, Armin. I think it was great. And if any of our listeners would like to get a, a copy of this sample redacted report, uh, just send us an email at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. Um, anything else on that, Mike? No, no, I think we covered it really well. I know it might have been a little dry at times, but again, this, this is the crux of how we're helping our attorneys, you know, save attorney time and increase case value. So I was glad that you wanted to do this. Uh, certainly next week we can come up with something a little bit spicier, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Somebody that was injured by hot peppers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, okay. Well, uh, that's it then for this uh, episode. And if you uh, enjoy our podcast, certainly would appreciate a five-star rating and a review. If you have a case you would like to discuss with us, or if you have a question or comment, as I said, please email us at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com. We look forward to having you on our next 
episode. Thanks for listening to Physicians Helping Attorneys Helping People. For more information about the show and to listen to all the podcast episodes, go to physicianshelpingattorneys.com. You can also email Armin and Mike at comments at physicianshelpingattorneys.com.